Blog Talk Radio. Why, folks, let me tell you something. There's no greater joy in life than to listen to that damn Grim and Barkey. But do not listen to them if they're talking to a colored man. It will ruin your day. <laughs> I love that promo. Uh, that old chestnut from way back in 2013 as well. You uh, you heard the voice of Uncle Ruckus himself, Gary Anthony Williams, from Adult Swim's own boondocks there. Uh, and you may have also heard Maria Thayer. And her voice is probably familiar from the episode you just heard here only moments ago. Our old 2013 Adult Swim Eagle Heart episode. And you know what? It's been so much fun. Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's do the Gary Anthony Williams episode now, where we talk all about China, Illinois, with him, with uh, creator and star Brad Neely, and I keep telling Mark to watch Adult Swim, and he keeps lying to me and saying that he does. It is so much fun to go down memory lane. Join us, won't you, for a little 2013 throwback. Take it away, younger us. Do you like talking about it? Well, I like living it, not necessarily talking about it. Well, that doesn't lend itself to the radio show well, but we'll we'll move on from it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think it's just it's it is such a part of life now. You know, uh, the the things that started off when we were kids, you know, uh, those like Saturday mornings, that that's kind of grown up with us. That's, yeah, that's yeah. all. That's still here. You know, it's it's still a life that we very very much live even if it's not condensed to those few hours every Saturday morning, which were incredible. Yeah, yeah. Was our generation just said, no, screw it. We're going to grow up and keep the cartoons with us. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, and I think that's what's going to separate us from you know, the generations that were before, is that you know, we kind of brought everything with us. You know, it's like we're taking our toys and we're <laughs> getting out of here, Mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? so. Still infantile, but, 
but that doesn't mean that there isn't some quality and uh and you know it's it's pop culture i'm not saying other generations didn't have pop culture but even at our age we love it we love it we eat it we breathe it you got 60 year olds going to comic con yep you got 12 Dressing superhero movies a summer a summer thor is like the biggest movie of the summer now and it's well or it's the biggest uh, it's the biggest movie out right now thor 2 it, it beat its first movie thor 1 uh, by, you know, I don't know, $30 million or something opening weekend. I mean, it was just like this, it's this huge, well, no, it's a 30% jump from where it was last year, the last Thor movie. Um, so these, and this is Thor. People don't even Thor. like Thor. I don't even like Thor. Mm. You know? It, it does amazing things. But that's, uh, that, that's the kind of thing we like to talk about here on the show is, is, uh, is where is culture? How did it get there? Why should we, should we tolerate it? And should we celebrate it? Yeah. Is is it okay to still be loving this stuff? That's kind of the main purpose here. You know? Yeah. And that's I'm glad you said it like that because that's what I want to talk about today. It's it's clear, uh, you know, in today's oversaturated uh, entertainment, pop culture world, whatever, you can watch a cartoon of any kind at any time, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple sources. Uh, if anything, there's too much content, but we love it. We love it. And is it all right to love it? You know, generations past, didn't they have to stop watching, you know, The Lone Ranger and start watching Gunsmoke at some point? <laughs> yeah, I think it went from there to, like, The Rifleman or something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, now we're, we're, we're just as happy to have over-the-top, ridiculous, stupid and Thor. Yeah. And, and I don't mind yeah. it. I just don't nope, like it. Nope. But I don't mind it. Nope. And then you can, it, it's totally, you can, you can ground a character like Thor in the middle of, which is a fantasy character, you know, uh, and you can ground him with science fiction characters, you know, Iron Man and Captain America and even the Hulk is still science, you know, he's still, he's still a science fiction character. Um, and the movie, not only does it play well, but it's, you know, the greatest opening weekend of any movie of all time, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just this, you know, it, it's probably responsible for Disney even buying, you know, Marvel. Um, I think that it, that, that all kind of happened around the same time. I'm not quite sure about the timeline, but I don't know if I think it was Avengers coming and Disney buying Marvel was just kind of a package deal, you know, because we, we kind of knew where this thing was going. Um, and the difference here is, um, you know, any kind of um, inter... Uh, the, I, I actually have a background in... Um, sales for like radio okay and one of the like rules was was like if you want to kind of get the trends going um you know first you have to bring the women you know the girls specifically and then the trends kind of follow you know so guys will follow where it goes so that's why like you know katie perry's so big or you know tyler swift is so big but this goes back to time immemorial and it's always been this way you know and so the actual difference here is that the reason why Marvel is so big, you know, and these superheroes are so big, Superman, Batman, all those things, is because now it's kind of the boys that are growing up and still just kind of not letting these things go. So, you know, our money's following, it's going with us. Um, and as we get older, those storylines mature, you know. Um, we've come a long way from Adam West to Christopher Nolan. You know, yeah, through, yeah, through his interpretation, um, and it's 
you know, that's kind of the overall question here. You know, is this okay? You know, is this okay? You know, um, how do you feel about still, you know, wearing a Superman shirt when you're 40 years old and you have kids of your own? Um, I I feel fine, or, or I, I would feel fine. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, and I don't think there is the stigma on it that there used mm-hmm. to be, assuming 50 years ago there was a stigma against that sort of thing, because, you know, general adult culture didn't have that. The stupid, crazy storylines, the, uh, the the superheroes in comic books flying around, that was all specifically for kids, and it was expected that at some point, when you weren't a kid anymore, you'd stop, you'd stop caring about that sort of thing. And I think that probably worked for a couple generations, but not anymore. We don't want to give it up. I'm not apologizing for it. But luckily, I look around and no one's asking us to. No, so, it's actually just becoming more and more yeah. popular. Um, so the question is, should that be all right? Should we demanding you know, some, some apologies from ourselves? Should we have a little self-hatred for refusing to grow up in this way? Yeah, should we kind of you know, wind the clock up? You know, should we kind of speed it up and kind of get past these things? Um, you know, I have a resounding no, you know, I mean, I'm a big, you know, the whole, um, uh, our, you know, my, uh, Twitter feed, uh, stay classy SDCC, the SDCC stands for San Diego Comic Con. Um, and so, you know, this was something that this was the first part of San Diego that I really felt in love with was this Comic Con. And I've been going every year since, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm on my 13th Comic Con, I think, coming up. Um, and that was the first real um, proof that I was not alone. You know, um, it, it kind of started in 1999 uh, with the Phantom Menace coming out, and when I was, um, you know, basically camping out for movie tickets. Um, but I was not alone, guys. You know, and that that's kind of the point here is there was a lot of us. We were all just kind of lurking in the background. You know, some of us had, you know. It, Maybe we could express ourselves by getting a, you know, a Darth Vader tattoo when those were cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we were trying to find a way to kind of accelerate and mature um, these these themes that started um, forming for us, you know, for uh, uh, through comics or Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, now we have. It's kind of Comic Con all over the place now. You know, everybody fell for this. You know, everybody wanted this. Everybody was, yeah, everyone was itching for this avenue, this venue um, to express these things. And also, and you've been going 13 years now. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my 13th year. Yeah. Back in, you know, 1930, if you were 13, it was time to stop. Yeah, and like plow like fields. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you get over the scarlet fever, you go to war, and you come back, and at 16, you got a family. <laughs> Yeah, and that's assuming you have both both arms or whatever left, you know, because uh, th- things were tough. And I'm not even saying that you could lose an arm during war. Specifically, it could be a horrible accident here or whatever. You know, times were a lot tougher back then. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, as the country matures, um, we kind of have more time to... Uh, well, now let me see if I get... I think you're trying to... You're trying to make it sound a little better than this. But I think what I'm reading into what you're saying is our society, you know, uh, uh, I guess America, uh-huh. top world, you know, status, whatever, has made us so soft that we can just say, screw it, I'm going to keep reading comic books. Yeah, I don't know if soft is the right term. I think it's more like we just have, 
we kind of have more time. You know, it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs here. You know, we're no longer having to worry about hunting and gathering. You know, we're kind of cool there. Um, you know, the, we're able to keep ourselves alive, you know, pretty, you know, pretty consistently. So we're not so worried about that there. Um, you know, as far as income goes and things like that, again, you know, kids don't have, you know, kids are actually forbidden, thank God, you know, uh, go, go Roosevelt. You know, you can't just, you, you know, we're not thrown into the, you know, coal mines at, at, at 10 because, or, or we're not digging diamonds out because we well, have the nice little hands. to me like, a, you know, it's making us softer. Well, then. sure, I guess you can call but that maybe soft. Maybe that's why I, our generation just said, no, I'm not giving up my cartoons. <laughs> well, and now we've got Adult Swim, we've got Cartoon Network, we've got... I guess so, but I, I... Internet everything. Yes, we're not out there plowing fields at 10 years old anymore. And I guess you could say that's making, that's making us soft, but I think, you know, we all would appreciate... And you know those kids that are around the world that are still having to do those things. This is a. Hey, I'm not talking shit about those kids. Don't put words in my mouth. Well, no, I'm just saying I think they I love would, you, kids. They would all appreciate the opportunity to also you know worry about comic books and things like that as they grow older and not have to worry about you know putting food on the table for a family of five yeah. by yeah. the time they're 18. So yes, we we have a machete. We're we're all life. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm again. I'm not here to judge. I'm just asking some questions because I'm curious why why I don't mind why I don't walk around with more guilt for liking these uh, childish things, and I don't. So well, I, I actually kind of do a little bit, you know. Like, um, you know, I don't tell like my you know my parents, you know, like I tell them that I'm going to this you know thing, or, or I've been telling them about this Comic Con thing, but it's hard for me to really explain it to them. You know, I mean, it's. They kind of just wouldn't get it. So are you saying it's hard to do or hard for you to want to do? You just don't want them. Well, it's hard for me to explain to them. Like, I just don't think that they would get, you know, they're like, you know, you know, all of my parents know that I'm an incredibly huge fan of Star Wars, for example. I'm a big collector and I have all these things. Um, but they, I don't, they obviously, I, they apparently don't know the extent of, to which I've yeah. taken this collection, but they also don't know, um, it's almost it's almost pointless to kind of try to even ex to catch them up to where I am, you know. Like the the philosophical lessons that I that I gleam from Star Wars novels and movies and characters, you know, the you know the the morality that I see in it, the quest that I see in it, the purpose that I see in it. It's hard for me to explain to them that I see these things there. So I kind of just skip it, you know. It's it's a very, you know it tends to be a very personal thing. Um, I am grateful though that when I enter this this world, and in this particular case, it's Comic Con. Um, for those of you listening, it's this show, but it's this is a safe place, you know, for us to take these, um, you know, these passions of ours. You know, We're, you don't have to be ashamed. To well, these things. see, it, it almost sounds like by admitting there's a safe place to do it, you're kind of saying there's still some stigma attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Otherwise, yeah, we're yeah we're like right. smokers. And I think that's true, but it's uh, no one's stopping. And this is a you know, this makes billion dollar movies now. It's it's set. It's yeah, the zeitgeist. Right. So we're not getting away from it. You're right. Um, and in fact, I want to delve further into it on today's show, uh, Marky. I'm glad you asked. We're going to be talking to the incomparable uh, Gary Anthony Williams. <laughs> this guy's I crazy. love this guy. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, voice actor extraordinaire, does lots of cartoons. We'll we'll get into that. You'll, you'll hear more about that. Uh, we're also talking to Brad Neely and Daniel Weidenfeld. Brad Neely, uh, creator, uh, definitely a product of this generation and everything we're talking about. Took it upon himself, started doing short animated uh, web series, uh, got picked up by bigger and bigger outlets, and now he's working with Adult Swim. They're doing uh, China, Illinois. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I am. I love it. It's hilarious. It's uh, it's animated, first of all, but it's not for kids, but it is childish. It really captures exactly what we're talking about, I think, of whether you can be mature and enjoy something on that level or uh, just honestly love it and say, I have no choice but to make stuff like this. And, in fact, if you uh, heard our little addition to our intro song earlier there, that was Quiblo, uh, a uh, little Quiblo. project by Brad Neely. You can find it on uh, on his webpage, on YouTube. Um, you better spell that out. What is Quiblo? Whopper and a 40. Uh, Quiblo is apparently, well, you know, we're going to talk to Brad about it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but I want you to, uh, to to get out there, look it up. Um, lots of curse words, childish drawings, mature themes, but no real reason for it to exist other than just to mindlessly entertain us. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it captures it well. Uh, Got to get a Whopper and a 40. That's right. All right. Uh, now, before we get any further into this, uh, do you want to just talk to Gary first? I'd love to. Our conversation with Gary. Yeah, I think we need to. I, I think we should start the show with this guy. Um, he's been. Can you just go through a quick list of where he's been and what he's been doing? Ah, uh, well, he's uh, first of all, he's the voice of Uncle Ruckus. I love that Bond- well, not even a show on the air anymore, but still, to me, that's just career defining. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also done some live action stuff. He was the uh, the nerdy uh, neighbor dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, I think he's in. Uh, he was in Weeds. He was in Weeds. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. Played kind of a tougher guy, but uh, uh, great range and honestly hilarious. Why don't we have him tell us? Yeah, yeah. You want to talk to him about yeah, it? Yeah, let's just. All talk right, let's him. get him out here. That's super up. Okay, you're on with Gary. Oh, all right. Hey, Gary. Wasn't that easy? That just it just happened like it was meant to be. Yeah. This- <laughs> This may be the easiest phone call of our lives. Well, this I don't may want to be raise the, the easiest hookup yeah. that you and I have ever made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think throwing <laughs> out there's nothing to there's nothing to look forward to after this. I think you you strongly underestimate us, sir. <laughs> well, no. When I got up this morning, I had a feeling I was a pretty much got peak. Yeah, all downhill yeah, yeah, from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, how's it feel? How's that peak feel? Is it worth it? Is it worth the ride? Oh, I got. I got to be honest with you. Hell no. Okay. <laughs> I'm over it already. Yeah, well, already. I'm, I'm washed with. I, I am on the down of this roller coaster. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm ready okay, to go. Okay. Well, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. Still All right. Feeling a very. I'm still feeling a very nice buzz from this whole thing. <laughs> so. Oh, all right. Good. Well, then I'm. I'm going to ride on yeah. your coattails for this one. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, let me do a quick intro here, and then we'll uh, we'll make this short and sweet. Um, all right. All right. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us again. I'm Grim Shea, joined as always by Mark E. Say hi, Mark E. Hello, y'all. Uh, and we are all lucky to have Gary Anthony Williams joining us in probably the best phone call I've ever had so far. 
Hello, Gary. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Grandma Markey, uh, I have a lot of people around me right now, a lot of family members around me, massaging my neck. Uh, you know, I have very <laughs> tight ankles. They're loosening up the ankles. Just it's getting like me ready, ready for, for this fight. phone call. That's right. Oh, good. Yeah. oh yeah. good. I was, I was afraid I was the only one who air. limbered up. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, no, my friend. You and I are both in very limber states right now. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm about to slip out of this chair. <laughs> oh, it feels good. Well, and if you got any other family members you want to send my way, I guess I could use a little something on the back. Yeah. All okay. right. All right. Yeah. Now, no, no, they'll be there. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, you all, well, if you don't recognize his voice, you probably are deaf. But uh, uh, Mr. Williams has been in boondocks, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Raising Hope, uh, China, Illinois, which is, uh, which is, I think, about to end its season run. A great show on Adult Swim. Seen him in Weeds. And uh, you've heard his voice in the Clone Wars, in Batman, The Dark Knight Returns. I'm, I'm just going to waste all the time if I keep naming things. So I'm going to dive into it. And i got to say, Uncle Ruckus, the boondocks. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. Yes, I, yes Uncle Ruckus. Oh, <laughs> He just did it. Oh, friend. Oh, Lord, how much that feels so good to be talking about for y'all right now. <laughs> yeah, man, Uncle Ruck is quite a ride, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like I was the way I was raised. I should not like Uncle Ruckus at all. I feel like I shouldn't even. No one should him, but like. Hilarious. No, nobody should like Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus should not like Uncle Ruckus, but it's just that. That little part of all of us that's saying some real wrong things, man. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And I got to tell you, I did a lot of live Uncle Ruckus stuff recently where some people had me dress up in Uncle Ruckus' wardrobe and meet people, and nothing was more pleasing to people than getting insulted as Uncle Ruckus, just being racist and horrible to people. Uh, so for Why all the children like out there, I say pick it. <laughs> I just think that all kids out there should take just one day just to walk around and be as racist and horrible as they can. <laughs> How many friends? <laughs> what, it would be a beautiful world if only we could do that. What a world. Yeah, for about four minutes till you get clocked on the head. and then. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and everything goes back to the way it should be. But, I, yeah, it is, it is definitely a guilty pleasure to be able to laugh yeah, Uncle I mean, he makes it so that you do want to laugh at him. You know, yeah. there's not a That's whole lot of sympathy. The, yeah, I'll say yeah, that, that for the good part. Yeah, the good. I think you're right, man. The good part about Uncle Ruckus is everybody except him realizes what an idiot he is. So, so you can't afford to laugh at him because if he had real support, it would be a real scary situation. Yeah, yeah, to think that there would be a real person out there uh not getting the irony. Uh Yeah, that's fr- in fact, yeah. I was I was going to ask you or I was going to beg you, you know, please tell me that you didn't find some inspiration for Uncle Ruckus and anyone you know. Uh well, <laughs> I would I would be lying to you if I said that was true. Well, I grew up in the south and uh oh, I by the way, I, you may know this, but I grew up black. I really did. From the get-go? Um, and my dad, yeah, from the get-go, as, as I like to say, from jump. 
I was black from the jump. <laughs> I know now you got all these people like Miley Cyrus, and they get black later in, in their years, and they learn yeah. certain dances, and they get black. I was born that way. Um, oh, I'm so lucky. I can't afford it these, yet. It, no, dude, I have a seminar if you want to do it. Uh, it's called Black in a Week. In one week, I can have you African-Americanized. I can African-Americanize you, so we can do this. Uh, this well, listen, possible. I got it, but is it reversible? I've got to do my research here. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you know, you think you know what they're talking about when they go, once you go black, you never go back. No, they mean once you get African, African-Americanized, that's it. You're black for the rest of your life. Oh. You've achieved. Why would you go back? Well, I can say that it's going to make some weird family reunions until the grandparents die, but all right, I'm willing. Yeah. Yeah, they can't live forever, though. That's the good part. White people die. Um, (laughs) I say say that in And we got our sound bite. A team. So I grew up in the South and around my dad's friends, and there were several of his friends who were very much like Uncle Ruckus, and I always locked those guys away in my head. So I got a call to come in and audition for the show, and the first thing that I did to audition was just to mimic a couple of my dad's friends that I remember coming around all the time when I was really, really young, and even at that age being horrified what was coming out of their mouth. So, (laughs) yes, Uncle Ruckus, definitely my portrayal of him is based on some serious southern Fayetteville, Georgia reality. <laughs> wow. I am glad it's in cartoon form then when I see it. Well, you know, I, I, I am yeah. actually a, uh, I have, um, my position is that to be really truly racist, you have to have some like intent behind it. And even if I mm-hmm. look at Uncle Ruckus, like in those, you know, through, through that understanding, he's still pretty racist. You know, he, he means <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, horrible. He, yeah. He's horrible. I was just in Florida recently where they have perfected racism. Uh, It's perfect down there. Racism and humidity and mosquitoes, they really have perfected it. You can step off the plane and go, yeah, okay, I'm home if I was a racist, humid mosquito. Uh, But still, even in, in in that case, I think some of them would be a little afraid of Uncle Ruckus still. Yeah, he's a horrible dude, but I love playing him. Love it, and uh, the only thing is, my son's only t- my son's only ten, so he hasn't had a chance to see Uncle Ruckus yet, and I'm afraid to let him see who Uncle Ruckus well, is. <laughs> no, I think there does really need is. to be. Yeah, you can't you can't throw you know well you can't throw Boondocks on on a Saturday morning in between the Smurfs and, and <laughs> you know the Avengers. That's that's not going to fly. You do need yeah. well, it's on Adult Swim, so they kind of tell you right there. You got to be a little yeah. bit grown up, yeah, yeah. And then you're allowed to laugh at it like an idiot. I think that's what you get, yeah, from pretending exactly. to be educated but, and empathetic, right, right. Well, there's, and there's, Wait till you're old enough to be your own idiot first, and then then <laughs> then enjoy the idiocy of others. That's that's advice advice to live by. Another soundbite. This is this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of Adult Swim, uh, China, Illinois, uh, we talked yeah. to, uh, to Brad Neely uh, the other week. He got us pretty excited. I've been watching the show. Uh, it's about to wrap up. And, again, you do some of the best voice work 
I'm not knocking oh, your thanks, live man. action stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you can always tell when Gary Anthony Williams. My throat. As soon, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I wasn't going to use those words. I have an but, amazing. I'll, I'll be honest. I have an amazing throat hole. I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, man. Once again, another great, crazy show. I mean, if you watch any of China, Illinois, and they, they they say it right at the top in their theme song that it's like the worst, the worst university in the world, and no one should ever go there. And it is great. It is great and absolutely insane. It's more insane. In, in its storyline than, than the boom, you're talking about the boom doc. It's more insane than the boom doc because it is just pure insanity. Yeah. Like, I, they, I get to play a couple of great characters. I play uh, Dr. Falgut, who is a professor there, uh, cigarette smoking professor. And then I get to also play this news guy, Golden Bull, uh, in the show. So I play a couple of different characters, main characters every week. And then I, I play a bunch of you know, ancillary characters as well. But the show is absolutely 100% certifiable in a good way. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's one of the, like, the new Adult Swim kind of tradition of just being far enough off the wall where you honestly yeah. have no idea where they're going to go, what they're going to say, but they're always trying to make you laugh. And as basically an yeah. infantile adult, I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a junkie I, you, for you, the adult swim stuff. You hit it on the head, man. Like I have never read one of those scripts and gone, "Oh, I know where this is going to end." Like you'll do that with some shows. There's no way in the hell you're going to tell where China, Illinois is going to wind up. It's just no. I, I don't know if you saw the one where uh, Pony is is dating the big. It's like a a big louse. A big chigger kind of sucking on her. Did you see that one yet? No, I haven't seen that one. That was awesome. This huge, it's a huge insect, and she, you know, like she's feeling love because it needs her, and it's just sucking her dry. <laughs> it's like it's like a Doberman pincher size, like louse sucking her dry. It's like, it needs me so much, you know. It's it's, it's amazing. Damn those chiggers! And then That's... there was a yeah, and then there was a great. Uh, a great one the, uh, just, that just aired, where uh, where Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was their religious one. It was a beautiful story. Uh, it actually it actually did have a lot of heart in it, but it got real terrifying. <laughs> in yeah, the middle yeah of they're it. not afraid to play with that emotion on you. No, they, no they, and uh, I don't know what. They, truthfully, I don't know what Neely is afraid of. I haven't I haven't seen what they're afraid of touching yet. No, they know. I think everything. I think just everything drawing realistic touched. people has got to be the only thing that he won't do, and that's, that's <laughs> the sense that that we got from the interview. Yeah, and that maybe that keeps it from being too scary when you see his his uh, line drawings. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, I think that's a huge part of it. You're not people. I mean, I have no idea how he pitched this show and got it off the ground aside from, well, I mean, I, I think he started it online as little bits and pieces and it it got taken from there. And it's a good thing because I have no idea how you would pitch that to anybody with enough money to make yeah. a show. I think and, you got to wait till, I think you got to go, you got to watch them go into a bar and after they're in there like three hours, then you go in there and pitch that kind of show to them. <laughs> <laughs> when you know they're good and lubricated and willing to listen to anything. Yep. 
When's when uh, they are I, when they are at their peak, as it were. Yeah, yeah. You got to catch them peaking. And I recommend that for anything in life, anything you're trying to do. Wait till that person is lubricated. Uh, oh, yep. really just messed up and go and pitch them. Yeah. I, I ask all my favors in a bar. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to be careful. Thing. Someone might come into the bar and get you on marriage, too. It's it's a two-way street once you're in the bar for a few hours. Oh, dude, I, I have lost so many things, including three of my children, on bar bets. And it's, it's not always a good idea. But yeah. you get caught up in the action and excitement, and you just go with it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you probably you probably won a lot of things in bar bets, and no one ever talks about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know There's a good side to bar to bets a... too. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. ignore it. I think it's time uh, for you and I to make a flip flip book talking about all those things because there there aren't enough flip books around right now. You know, you're absolutely right. There is a giant glut in the uh, in the flip book market. <laughs> yeah. It, we could do nudie ones. We could do line drawing. We get Brad on board. You could get, do get frightening uh, childlike drawings. I I would buy them. I would flip through them. Now, now let me ask you this: Would you buy an episode of China Illinois on Flipbook if they go, "Hey, this episode's out in a twenty Flipbook package," and you could watch the episode basically by flipping it at home? Would you purchase something like that? Well, now, does it come with the with the little forty five record with the soundtrack on it, or am I just going to have to be imagining uh, all the? Yeah, because I'm not I'm not paying for China Illinois if I can't hear Gary Anthony Williams. That's where I draw the line. Gosh, gosh, darn it! You've said everything right in this interview. <laughs> you've said everything right. Well, I hope to get oh, the job, these sir. Are the good days. <laughs> that was, you know what? You already got it. There's a warm oh. lap over here waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like a back rub and. Oh, and, and, well, you're still trying to sell me a seminar, but I'm telling you, I'm getting that. Uh, okay. You know what? All right. You, uh, now, I know uh, my, my poor co-producer, Marky, here is going crazy because he wants to talk to you about uh, your work with uh, with Batman, The Dark Knight. He's, we are both Marky, big fans I'm of that. Re- uh-huh. I'm ready I'm to speak to you guys whenever you're ready to speak about this. So I'm going to shift gears, and I'm going to get in a real serious place now. Let's That's talk good. about it, guys. That's good. Well, it's the Dark Knight. You better treat it seriously. Well, and it's yeah. uh, there is there is something very specific about this particular title because, um, as anybody in the comic universe knows, the Dark Knight Returns is the you know it's the it's the apex, right? It's 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 what all these superhero movies have now come from, and and you mm-hmm. were a part of it. You know, you were a big part of this particular movie. This is a for all of you that 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 don't know about this, last year um, uh, DC Comics put out, it's a straight-to-Blu-ray movie, and it's, it's, it's high production. It's wonderful. I've seen it. It's, and it's, it is, it is an adaptation of the most popular comic book that I could think of, Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, and they made it into a movie, and it's so good and so awesome that they had to make it into two parts, right? And... Our guest right now, you know, Gary Anthony Williams, uh, did a lot of the voices on there. Can you, um, were, were you aware of the magnitude of this story as far as the whole Batman canon goes? Um, n- let me tell you how unaware I was. <laughs> um, Andrea Romano, yeah, this is going to be unbelievable, but pretty much par for my course. Andrea Romano, um, was the casting director of it. She's also the casting director of um, of the Boondocks. 
And she said, hey, Gary, I'd like you to come in and do this character in, in uh, the new Batman. Now, I hadn't done the television show Batman, so I thought, oh, they're doing a new television show Batman. Cool. So I go in and do it, and then I come back in another week, and I do some more. And I was like, wow, this is a really long episode of this TV show. I had no idea what I was doing of the magnitude <laughs> oh, wow. of it. And then, and then they start, after they start drawing it, and then you have to go back in, because you do lay down all the voices first. And it was great. I was like, this is so well written. This is so good. This is going to be an amazing TV show. And then after they start drawing it and I see it, I was like, this can't be the TV show. This is amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, Gary, no, it's, it's more than that. <laughs> she explained to me what I was doing. And, um, I, and I play the mutant leader. In the oh, yeah. very first one. I'm also in the second one, but I play a news reporter in the second one. And it is amazing. It, the, the, the style of it is amazing. Huh? The story that comes from the graphic novel is, you know, they really tried to stay really true to that graphic novel. Um, it's unbelievable. And, I, and when I really knew how big it was, I just put on, like, Facebook or something, like, hey, I, I put up what it was and that it was coming out, and then all of my super nerd friends started, bing, bing, Gary, are you serious in that thing? I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And then I saw the little, um, the little advertisements for it, uh, and then I realized that's something huge. And I watched it with my son, and it was, it's, it's great. It is, it is really great. Some, yeah. Well, it, you know, it's the, dark, the, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it set that new dark tone for all these uh, superhero movies. Right. Like, it, Batman especially. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it goes from Adam West in the, you know, doing the Bat-Tusi and the, you know, the goofy 60s kind of <laughs> dancing. It goes from Adam West to The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that's what happens with this particular story. And it's what... what um, inspire Tim, you know, Tim Burton to do his Batman movie in uh-huh. 1987, and it would inspire uh, Christopher Nolan in, in these incredible movies that he, just, that he just put out. So, you know, you are a part of something bigger than you could possibly imagine, sir. I, and I just wanted to give you a lot of, a lot of credit on that one. Yeah. I, I, I truly appreciate that. And like, like I said, I didn't realize what a big deal it was until, <laughs> until I was already face down down in it but it is i mean i'm very proud of i'm very proud of that whole thing and when i watch it it's first of all andrea romano for my money is the single best voice director i have ever 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 worked with bar none and that's not insulting any of the great people out there but she really gets how to make voice actors tell a story man she really gets it and what she brought to this along with I mean, you already had that great graphic novel. It's it's amazing. It really is something. I'm very proud of being a part of that whole thing, even though I didn't know that I was doing it at the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's. I mean, for for such a prolific voice actor as yourself, that's a huge compliment, I think, to Andrea Romano. You know, because you have she voice great she so is. many things. Um, and she knows fact, how great she is. There's no way. Oh, yeah, no one's saying she is a little conceited. (laughs) I never said, how dare you, sir? 
No, uh, don't worry. We, we're experts at reading between the lines here, Gary. Don't you worry about it. We'll get no. the word out. No, no, no. <laughs> I, w- I would never say she is very humble. Uh, she flies in in her own helicopter in a very humble helicopter. Oh, uh, one of those no, like four-seaters. Huh? Oh, that's... Yeah, a little four-seater. I would never <laughs> say that. She is an absolute sweetheart with talent beyond belief. And that is... Sir, I rest my case on that. Well, then that's all right, fine. I'll, I'll give her that version. But, uh, you know, the Yay. two of you in, in this industry for so long, and you've done so much work, I've got to get your take as a, as, as a professional voice artist. Is it all right, wow. especially in this generation now, that adults are still watching cartoons? Is it all right? I mean, Dude, I, it, I, I go to bed every night after watching uh, Cartoon Network Adult Swim. That's the last thing I see every night of my life. And it's not because I'm in the industry. It's because I am a cartoon freak. I love cartoons. I love a lot of the kids' cartoons that are out. I've always, I've always, you know, since you, whoever, who, I don't know if it was uh, Marky or Grim, which one of you just talked about uh, it's not a Saturday morning cartoon, you know. I grew up just like you guys, like watching those Saturday morning cartoons and then, as I was getting older, I'd watch those three o'clock cartoons, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a cartoon freak. And when I meet adults who don't, who go, ah, I don't like cartoons. First of all, I defriend them, not just on Facebook, but in real life. <laughs> you just been in, I would tell ceremony. them publicly. Uh huh. <laughs> there is a ceremony. It is very formal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I, I don't even like, want to admit. I, I don't. Admit. You don't. Wait a minute. What did you just say to me? <laughs> Did you I was, say you I, don't I like just, cartoons? No, no, sir. No, sir. I want to be on okay, your so friend's side to, eternally. <laughs> okay. No, so I was I, about I, to I, hit the... I was okay. I, I love cartoons. I have no problem. I think it is perfectly all right for adults to like cartoons. When we were growing up, it wasn't seen that way, I think. But then, you know, like you said, as we got older, then we had those 3 o'clock cartoons, and they gave us more of what yeah. we wanted. And as the years have gone by, I can, you know, there's not, there's not just cartoons available 24-7, but there's cartoons tailored to me as an adult. There are, you know, yeah. after The Simpsons and the primetime animation, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Adult Swim, I think, yeah. is a huge thing. Uh, and, and we've got animated movies, you know, you know getting Oscars now. I think... Yeah. Uh, Mark E. likes to say that it's because our generation just doesn't want to grow up, which I can't argue with at all. But I can't. Uh, I yeah. don't know that any generation wanted to. We just have the chance now. Yeah. So that yeah. We got we well, got more you know, and more of what we wanted. It's funny because some of my best memories of childhood is sitting and watching, like when I come home from school, the Pink Panther with my dad or the Flintstones with my dad, you know? I just remember sitting there watching my dad laugh at Pink Panther, which was <laughs> essentially a silent movie. You know, he never really spoke, and if he did, it just eat you out a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, so even he's absolutely him, right. He never talked. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We're just that. watching a silent movie. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and also, he was a big Tom and Jerry fan. My dad. So even oh. even then, you know, my my dad, who was a way older man and who had who was in World War Two and fought and killed and almost got killed for his country. He was a cartoon fan. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, that, 
that's some like seriously strong memories in my head. And one of you just called me a voiceover professional a minute ago. Literally only this year, by the way, I'm very late to the party, guys, in, in life. Only this year did I go, whoa, I do this for a living. Now, I've been doing this for a living for a long time, but only this year did I realize, oh, wow, this is what I do for a living. I oh, swear, I, I was am standing so at a session. <laughs> I was standing at a session, and it hit me, and I said it out loud, and they looked at me and went, yeah, yeah, you do, Gary. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why we uh, keep writing these paychecks with your name on them. <laughs> well, yeah. I- well, thank God you had that realization before I mentioned something, because I would have felt horrible. If, if, you, if like, you were yeah, the, just walked over you in the middle news. of this phone call. Yeah. yeah well, I and, you know, start if, crying on my computer. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I found my place. Well, and, you know, and I don't want to give our listeners the wrong idea here. Is, uh, you know, um, Mr. Williams here is not just a voice actor. He's been in... Knock him in the middle, raising hope, and now let's talk about your stint on Weeds, which was a you know, a, yeah. I I really love that show, and I kind of stopped getting Showtime for a while, and then when I I kind of got it like on the three like on the three week kind of trial or whatever, and I just watched all the Weeds, and you were in it for like the fifth season, like predominantly, right? And so yeah, I think uh, it was. I don't remember which season it was, but yeah, it was one of the. It, an odd number, maybe five or seven. I don't, and I yeah. don't remember. You would know better than I am. I do. I well, that's, that's actually. Yeah. The, I, I don't remember, but yeah. You, that, that, can you just kind of talk about that whole experience about being on that? You know, which is, you know, it's probably more of a cult following show right now. You know, this is a, it's a great show. Can you just kind of talk about that experience? Yeah. Um, one of those things where went in and auditioned, and the second I saw it. The audition, because his big thing was um, the lead character had been sent to basically a halfway house, Um, and and I ran the halfway house. I was the counselor there, but he loved to speak in rhyme, and being a big kid, I really I love stuff like that. And so I got I auditioned for it. I went, well, this is just too fun not to be doing for a while. And, um, but you know, they never say, it looks like, okay, you'll just be on there for this episode. But then they're like, oh, no, no, he's going to be there for a while. He's the counselor. Yeah. He's counselor Ed. And so, um, <laughs> it was, it was great, man. Like, you know, th- those guys have been doing that show for so long. At that time, it was either, depending on whether it was five or seven, that many seasons. And, I mean, they're very serious about their work there. But my, you know, and it's one of those dark, kind of funny mm-hmm. situations that they have going on there. So it was, you know, it was the lead character. It was always us in there. And then they had a nice little plot twist for me where you find out I'm an alcoholic and I'm running this house full of people who are have been drug yeah. addicts and prisoners and alcoholics. And you find out that I'm one myself. It was grand. And, and, and it down the street from my house, which added to the grandeur of it. <laughs> well, it, I, it's it's probably also you know kind of deep you know deep down in there. It's a comment on like reality, like a, it's a comment on society that you know you got this yeah. counselor who shouldn't be counseling anybody, you know. <laughs> he's there and he's responsible exactly. for all these people. So yeah, that, I just yeah. really enjoyed your uh, uh, performance there. So again, 
I'm doing nothing but praising your work here, man. So, you know, you got uh, 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 it's, Returns. It's you got okay this if you pull out. <laughs> you can pull out something like a soul plane and insult me. I won't be angry. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody. I've done that. a lot of. <laughs> I've done a lot of stuff that uh, I'm very happy with, and then a lot of stuff. that was like, oh wow, well I did that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Hey, whatever hey, pays the bills. Yeah. Man. You need groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have the groceries. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, even yeah. if someone called my, me today my... and offered me a role in Soul Plane, knowing what I know about it, I'd still say yes. Uh, yeah. I would totally. Work hey on man, Soul. I'm not. I'm not mad at Soul Plane because Soul Plane allowed me to meet Sophia Vergara. Oh my God! And there you go. Sophia wow. Vergara. Yeah, yeah. Our first day oh, together was a that. dance. Yeah, we we played uh, flight attendants, and our first my first day working um, was a dance rehearsal with her and this other beautiful actor named Angel Conwell. So it's me, this beautiful black actress, Angel Conwell, and Sophia Vergara. Oh, and, wow. you know, and they're both sitting there in these tight-fitting clothes going, ah, do you think my boobs are too big? Do you think my... I was Ooh. like, I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of in heaven right now. It so, was, uh, yeah, we shot it, it was kind of like a, for three months. Well, it was, it was kind of like, kind of like what? that. I, it, I, there, there was this summer where I, like, uh, uh, I was a cook and I worked at Hooters. And so like I, I was there and those, and these girls would like ask you to like tie their shirts. Like, and you know, like you have to tie their shirts like from yeah. the back and then you pull them tight. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like it's the greatest job in the world. But it does not, it does not yeah. compete yeah. to so to yeah. Sophia. Not at all. Yeah. And you don't it, put it uh, on your resume. And, no, I don't. I actually hide the fact and, that I worked at Hooters. I would, you know what? You should not hide that fact. I mean, you tied <laughs> shirts at Hooters, sir. Tied shirts at Hooters. Uh, I, I, and I don't know what kind of knot. I don't know if you were tying slip knots or I don't branding. I don't know what you were doing, but the fact is, sir, you are a professional Hooters shirt tire, and I you need really. to be proud about that. Thank you, sir. I literally Here, did get paid to do that. Yep, I did. Here is something that I've never said aloud uh, to anyone in any interview. Never. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I meet Sophia Vergara. Months later, I'm doing a play with Monique, and she goes, hey, Gary, Sophia is on the stage next to us shooting a show. We should go say hi. Like, okay. I go over to say hi to Sophia, and she's on stage. She's, like, shooting this TV show, and she's like, hey, Gary. And then they go cut, and, and she runs backstage, and I think she's running backstage to come and meet me and talk to me. So I run backstage, and I get there, and she's in the middle of a costume change. And she is 100% completely nude. And I mean totally yeah. nude. She's taken off Sophia. everything to change costumes. Yeah, everything. She is 100% nude. There is nothing on, not a sock, <laughs> not a hairband, nothing. And I, I to run backstage and I see her. Dude, I turn into a seven-year-old child, and I literally <laughs> ran to my car. I, I went, and I ran to my car, and I drove home. <laughs> I ran. Oh, I literally right ran to the bathroom. away, and I kid you not. No, oh. I ran to my car and I drove home. <laughs> uh, I have never told that story. Oh my gosh, that is <laughs> awesome! And that just ruins every next girl in your life. By the way, I mean that's it's done. So, dude, it's Sophia Vergara. I know, and she's she's I mean, beautiful. Beautiful. 
the charts, knockout. She's beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. And she's she, one of the nicest people you will ever meet. And, and definitely all the nicest you'll ever see naked. All of that. Is I was going to guess that anyway. Yep. All of that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> but we have a first-hand account, and uh, simple facts are all of that is because of Soul Plane. All of it. Mm-hmm. So All of that. Awesome. I would not have ever seen Sofia Vergara naked <laughs> had it not been for Soul Plane. And so for that, I am going to start embroidering pillows with Thank You Soul Plane on them. I'm going to paint my car with Thank You Soul Plane down the side, and I will name my next child Soul Plane. I think I might I just rent Soul Plane. I might <laughs> some of this might rub off on me. <laughs> that is such an awesome story. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Oh, and every bit oh. of it true, man. I I do not embellish. I could get into more detail, but that's just not proper for a gentleman. No, I, I, and the beautiful thing about Sophia is she she would not care that I'm telling this story. She knows how she knows how beautiful she is. Yeah. The beautiful and thing I about Sophia is everything. I still don't understand everything. why you got to do a costume change and get totally naked. But I'm not going to question the fact. <laughs> um, you should say that again, Shay, because I, I don't think Gary heard you. So the most beautiful oh, thing about say? her is what? Oh, oh, I was going to say the the most beautiful thing about Sophia is probably everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's it. Everything about her is just kind of a yeah, yeah. dead on tie. <laughs> yeah. That uh, one thing, everything. Yeah, you're everything. absolutely right, yeah. man. All right. Well, yeah. now I've got images in my head. Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, hey, oh. any, no, any day, man. I will. <laughs> because me reliving that story for you helps me relive that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that just just hearing it makes me feel like we've been in a bar together for three hours, and you're about to hit me up for something unreasonable. <laughs> so before so before I fall for that, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, thank you so much for talking Did to we, us. This hey, is, wait a minute. Nope. This, did we talk about anything important? I hope we did. Oh, I was kind of hoping we, did. we didn't. Well, we covered everything. Actually. Okay, good. Yeah, no, we're good. Oh, right. I mean, well, well, I mean, I guess we should uh, we should mention, mention China, Illinois. The uh, season uh, two finale is coming up uh, November twenty fourth. Does that sound right to you, Gary? Does it that it's on November twenty fourth? Hey, man, don't ask me questions about that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why, why put him on the spot? <laughs> Under the TV's paid attention. Yeah, okay, so I've got to make it up anyway. I've just proven that I don't know if I did season five or seven of Weeds, and you're asking me about a date? <laughs> no, I didn't season. even know I was, I was taping of the best Batman movie ever, and you asked me about a date? But well, you know what? You... No, that sounds right to me. Well, once you've seen Sophia Vargara naked, I can't imagine many details in life matter I know, anymore. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. What yeah. else matters? China, Illinois, it's ah. going to end someday. White people die. We all move on. <laughs> Whatever. So, he's uh, in finale, China, Illinois, November 24th. We should all watch it and then go and wa- go and rent Soul Plane. It's got to be in some red box somewhere. <laughs> Check it out. Sophia Vergara's oh, favorite. Gary Anthony Williams. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. This has probably been the most fun interview we've done. Yes, absolutely. I think ever. It was an so, absolute I guess pleasure, you were right. It's all hey, call me anytime you want. I don't care what time it is. Call me whenever you want. <laughs> no, I absolutely will. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll get on the phone together and watch some Adult Swim later tonight. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, okay. And I am going to be greedy here before I let you go. Can you give me just one quick line as ruckus again? <laughs> Uh, tell me to go to hell. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Insult me. All right, folks, let me tell you something. 
There's no greater joy in life than to listen to that damn Grim and Barkey. But do not listen to them if they're talking to a colored man. It will ruin your day. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much, oh, man. Take care. Oh, bless you. Oh, Thank you're you. welcome. Gary, my, my eyes, you, my ears will be open for you. Good luck in life. You, and, uh, yeah, I'll be calling you around midnight. Peace out. All right. Sounds good. Later. Take care. I do have to mention uh, awesome. uh, Mr. Williams and Uncle Ruckus, the fictional character, does not express the views of the producers. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> or the talent. Yeah. Maddie P. presents Saturday Morning Serial. Uh, can you, okay, let, I think we should go over this.